Wasn't that fantastic? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. If you have been around over the last couple of weeks, you know that last song that she played, Oh Christmas Tree, two weeks ago, we sang it together. It was almost a little bit sacrilegious to sing it on a Sunday morning. Uh, I got some feedback. <laughs> last week, we listened to the Charlie Brown Christmas rendition of it, and you guys loved it. This week, we got probably the best rendition, so Jan, thank you for that. Oh, wow, what a great way to stay in the tone, the mood, the... the well, whatever we're doing here, right? Um, to don't raise your hand quite yet, but anybody like apples? Go ahead and raise your hand if you do. Okay, good. Now, anybody want to take a risk? Anybody want to challenge? I got a couple of young ones. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Up on this lovely table, I have four different apples. Two real. Two fake. So what I would love is if we have four people brave enough, four people brave enough from where you're at, you get to pick which apple you want to eat. We'll get all four of you up here, and then you got to all take a bite together. <laughs> any, any, any volunteers? Come on. Ooh, okay, great. I got Tane, I got Joel, I got McCade. Tommy, don't make me call on you. Oh, Tommy, great, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so Tane, you raise your hand first. You, just, you got it from right there. You can't look at them, you can't touch them, can't feel them. Which of these apples do you want to take a bite into? I'm coming to the rest of you, just be ready. Middle, middle right one, you want to take a bite into this one? Yeah. Okay, that's Tane's, perfect. Joel. Green one without the sticker. Green one without the sticker, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. They took the ones he wanted to take. Yeah, green. With the sticker. Tommy? Did this a good one. All right, well. Um, yeah, y'all don't have to come up, but Tane, right here. Oh, you said red. Really? <laughs> you said red. Okay. Perfect. You said which one? Green without a sticker. Okay. Which one did you want? Green with the sticker? Okay. Tommy? Okay, on the count of three. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to come up front. Okay, and if you know you've got the fake one, don't bite into it, please. Because one, two, three, go ahead. Nice, we got our two that are over here. Those that have the fake ones, uh, congratulations. Did you guys know that real apples used to be hung on Christmas trees? Really? Yes, according to an article posted last Christmas, and everything posted online is real, <laughs> Zanger News, um, the article said that real apples used to, be, used to be hung on Christmas trees because it would remind us of Adam and Eve. 
And the fact that they chose to not eat the fruit or to eat the fruit that God told them not to eat, and thus real apples each Christmas would remind us that we're still in process, that we're still making choices. I love that. Now, if that one wasn't affirmative enough for you, uh, Wikipedia, which we all know is always right, also tells us that real apples used to be hung on Christmas trees, as well as white candy canes and pastries in the shape of stars. Yeah, so that at the end of Christmas season, you could take your tree down, you could eat all the decorations. Might be a little bit stale, but you could. Now, I really like this notion of real fruit on trees. How many of you, show of hands, have hung real fruit on your trees this year? Nobody. No, maybe some candy canes, but not a real apple. In fact, the apples that we hang, the decorations that we hang on this tree, blue and green and white, the traditional colors, of course, being red, are meant to, to remind us of the apple. They're meant to remind us of the apple, and yet not a single one of you hangs a real apple. They're all fake. It's all fake. Listen, as Connie said, don't be a Christmas tree Christian. Don't be fake fruit. Be real fruit. No one eats fake fruit. Right, McCade? Right, Tommy? No one eats fake fruit. No one wants to be around a fake Christian. Okay? Be real fruit. Be authentic. Be who God made you to be. Today is the third and final mini-sermon to start the service based around the idea of not being a Christmas tree Christian. Two weeks ago, I told you that Christmas trees were cut off at the roots. As Christians, we need to have our roots dug deeply in Jesus. All right, last week, I told you that Christmas trees were bright and shiny and attention-grabbing on the outside, but on the inside, they were still dead or in process of dying. We looked at both Peter and Jesus and how they warned people to focus more on the inner decoration, the inner shine, than on our outward ornaments. And today, I tell you, don't be fake fruit. In Luke's account of Jesus' life story, Jesus was going around teaching, and the more he taught, the bigger the crowds got. So at one point, the crowds got really, really big, and, and Jesus took his disciples aside, away from the crowds, and he told them this in Luke chapter 6. He said, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Trees identified by its fruit. Don't be fake fruit. Don't be Christmas tree Christians. Jesus said something very similar in his Sermon on the Mount. In fact, that was probably Luke's account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. But in Matthew 7, verses 15 to 20, Jesus says this. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. You tracking with me so far? So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down, sounds like a Christmas tree, and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Don't be fake fruit. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that our lives that are lived in December and January and February through November need to exhibit Christ-like character. 
They need to tell the story that Christ is our gardener. Christ is the one fertilizing. Christ is the one tilling the soil. Christ is the one growing us. That's how our lives need to look. We need to have real fruit. Now, this sounds good on a Sunday morning, right? But what does real fruit mean? The Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, and he said this in Galatians chapter 5. He said, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Read this with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against those things. All right. Without going back a slide, somebody tell me what was the first fruit that Paul listed? Love. He must have really thought highly of this because he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he said, don't just pretend to love other people. Really love them. Don't be fake fruit is kind of what he's saying. People can see through fake. They can see through forced. They can see a fake Christian easier than you can tell. And apparently you two could really tell the fake apples from the real apples. So they can tell a fake Christian easier than we could tell the fake from the real. So the question comes, how do we produce fruit? How do we make these things happen in our life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I'm not so sure we can make it happen on our own. I'm not so sure that we can manufacture it on our own effort by brute force of our own will. I'm not so sure we can do this, but I know a guy. (laughs) And he can help. Listen to what he says in John chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking. John 15, verses 4 and 5. Did I put that one in there? There it is. Remain in me, Jesus says, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I know it sounds like kind of a cliche Christian answer, but in order for us to produce fruit in our lives, real fruit, genuine fruit, authentic fruit, we must be connected to Christ. Our roots must go down deep in him. We must abide or we must remain in him. Other ways that that Greek word is translated is to dwell, to continue, to tarry, to endure. You want to be real fruit? You've got to abide. You've got to remain in Christ. And again, this sounds good coming from a pastor inside a church on a Sunday morning, but what does that look like? What does abiding in Christ mean? What does remaining in Christ look like for us in 2021? Like, I'm genuinely asking that, and I want your answers, okay? Your answers to two questions. Those two questions are this. I think there are parts of us, I think there is is an element that we have to do to help prep our soil for God to produce the fruit, all right? So there are certain disciplines, there are certain uh, efforts, there are certain things that we need to practice, And my question is, what have you tried that has not produced fruit in your life? And then what have you done that has produced fruit? Those questions make sense? Okay? Not not, not a trick to them, okay? Two questions. What have you tried that hasn't produced much fruit in you? And what have you tried that has? Now, I'm going to tell you this. We're all different. Right? 
Joel, say amen when I say that again. Amen. We're all different. Amen. Yes, we are. You're not the same as me. I'm not the same as you. So the things I try may not work for me, but may work for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Now we're really getting going. The things I try that work for me may not work for you. So genuine question, I want to know what has worked for you and what hasn't worked for you. I'm asking this because if I were just to stand up here, I'd say, well, this is what worked for me, so you do it. <laughs> okay, so here's what I want. Uh, there's a number up on the screen. Uh, those who are in person, you can be ready to share your answers out loud. Those who are watching online, we're glad you're joining us. Uh, text in your answers to that number or write it in the comment box. I'll share something, uh, some of my examples to give you time to think and to give you time to send something in. Okay? So here's what has not worked for me. I'll try this first. Um, and this is kind of confessions of a pastor. All right? I can't just tell myself to trust God more. I've tried. And I'll confess that there are times that I don't trust God. There are times that I don't trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do and that he's going to be in control. I like to be in control. I like to determine the outcome. And there's times I realize I can't, but I still struggle to trust God to do that. All right, so I can't just mental assent. James, trust God more. James, trust God more. I've tried that. But I know that trusting God produces fruit. I know that because Jeremiah says it, the prophet in Jeremiah 17. He said, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Those that trust in the Lord, put their hope in the Lord, their confidence, they never stop producing fruit. But it's not enough for me to just say, James, trust God more. Jeremiah said it. Jesus said it. You do it. That just doesn't work for me. Maybe it does for you. Okay? Flip side. What has worked for me that has uh, helped in my attempts to abide in Christ more is spending time in Scripture. Ever since I was young, uh, it's been kind of ingrained in me that you, you need to spend time in here. I remember as a freshman in high school, I read through the Bible in a year. Um, I've, I'm, what day is today? The 12th? I'm 13 days away from reading through it in a year again. All right, when I dive deeply into Scripture, when I study the context, the culture, when I, when I look at what words mean, uh, I sense sometimes God's presence more. I sense Jesus is abiding with me more. So that, that's what's worked for me. And I, and I know that I'm going in the right place because King David actually said something about that. He said in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, those who meditate on God's word are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Bearing fruit in each season. Abiding. Remaining. When I get up in the morning and I start my day in here, that's me and my attempts to abide. But I know that ultimately it's Jesus who's abiding with me and he is the one producing fruit. I don't want to be a fake fruit. I don't want to be a fake Christmas tree. I want to be real. So what has worked for you and what hasn't? And our online community this morning is awful quiet. So that means... <laughs> You guys in person. Let's start with what hasn't worked. And this is a no-judgment zone, so if you say reading scripture has not worked for you, I'm not going to throw any stones at all, okay? 
So you say something, I'll repeat it so our friends online can get the idea of what we're doing. What, what attempts have you made that haven't made it feel like you've abided in Christ? Ron. Okay. Ron says it doesn't work when he tries to trust his own abilities and doesn't trust in the Lord. That doesn't work. Good. Somebody else. What doesn't work? Pride. Pride. It absolutely doesn't work. Yes. Something else. What doesn't work in your attempts to abide in Christ? Hurry. Hurry. Ooh. That actually fits well with what somebody just wrote online they say what hasn't worked is reading at night they can't hurry through it and they fall asleep okay hurry good now we're coming through what hasn't worked is somebody leaning on their own logic and reason what doesn't work is only sunday morning sermons thank you for saying that <laughs> it's like watering a christmas tree once a week not enough somebody else what hasn't worked Being too busy, yes, hurry, busy, absolutely. No, that's good, because those are two, I mean, those are two different things. Relying on my own timing. Relying on your own timing hasn't worked. Yes. Taking control. Taking control, yeah, does not work. Okay, so what has worked? And I want everybody to listen, because I'm going to encourage you to pick one of these things if you haven't done it before, or even if you have, and try do it, doing it this week. So what has worked? Uh, talking from some people online. Being willing to be humble works, which goes the opposite of the pride. You, you learn truth. Uh, morning prayer and scripture reading. For the one who said it didn't work at night, it works in the morning for them. But I know people who it is just vibrant at night for them. All right? Daily praying for missionaries at 5 to 6 a.m. has worked for this person. Uh, show of hands, who's awake at five to six? <laughs> okay, about half of you, that's good. My guess is one of you wrote that in and made it look like it was coming from online. Uh, what has worked for you in your attempts to abide in Christ? Matthew. Surrounding yourself by other Christians that are stronger than yourself. Very good. Doing life in community, that's great. Ron. When you do trust in the Lord. Yes, the opposite of when you don't. Very good. What has worked in your attempts? Carving out specific times. Carving out specific times. I've read that in so many books where it's like, hey, find a time that works. Set it aside and do that. That's good. That's good. Thanking the Lord for the gift of spiritual gifts he's given you, not finding something Okay. Being thankful for the spiritual gifts he's given you and doing that. Not trying to do something else. That has worked. Crazy. Doing, like living how God has made you? <laughs> Novel concept. Somebody else, I'm getting some more online. What has worked is approaching the Bible with openness to grow. Yes, instead of approaching the Bible thinking you know it all. None of us do. Well, working and listening to Christian music. Surrounding yourself with even that in the background. That's good. Somebody else, two more. What has worked? Yes. Going to church. Going to church. It's worked. That's good. Yes, there's so much good that can be spent as part of a body of believers. Yes, and one more. Susan. Listening to promises that God's given the Bible for me and the blessings that came from those 
listing the promises that God placed in the Bible and uh, and then listing listing thank you <laughs> so listing the, the promises and then listing the blessings yeah making like writing it down that's so true I've, I've developed a discipline of journaling because I know that if I don't write it down it didn't happen or maybe I don't remember it happening so yes, very, very good. As these are things that we can do and not do that help till the soil for Christ to produce the fruit in us. Let's produce good fruit. Let's be real fruit, not fake fruit. Let's not be Christmas tree Christians. Here's what I'd love for you guys to try. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or a commitment or anything, but take something that was said today, even if you regularly already do it, and practice it this week. And see what fruit Jesus produces from that. Can we do that? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for just an opportunity to laugh, uh, to think of things like fruit, to think of how you have promised to abide in us and produce fruit in us. I thank you for this, this notion, lighthearted as it is, that we should not be Christmas tree Christians, but that we should be rooted in you, that we should uh, be paying attention to our inward, our inward shine that you produce, and Lord, that we should be willing to let you grow and nurture and, 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 and harvest real fruit in our lives. Lord, help us be the type of people that when they look at us, they say, they've got something different. I want that. And Lord, that's just evidence of what you have done in our life. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.